Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about site search and navigation. Uh, you get to an e-commerce website or, or any website for that matter, and if it's of any size, uh, if it's an online store and it has any sort of product assortment, uh, any sizable catalog, you're going to want to be able to find what you're looking for. <laughs> and whether that's um, through go- by going through categories and uh and search filters and, and such, or whether that's by using the search box and trying to find what you're looking for. It's going to be crucial. Uh, right now, there's a lot of retailers and, and other businesses getting into e-commerce for the first time. And some of them are, are well-established businesses with, uh, you know, with some real catalogs that they need to work with. There's other businesses that we know are, are seeing a major uptick in their e-commerce channels because other sales channels uh, are not as accessible to consumers right now. And so we're going to be chatting all about it. I've got Thomas Turley with us today from, uh, I want to say from Nextopia, but I now have to say from SearchSpring, uh, from my good friends at, at SearchSpring. Yeah. So um, now I, I don't have to be friends with one or the other publicly anymore, right? I can, I can admit that yeah, exactly. we're not, <laughs> I've been we're going not behind gonna, both of your backs all this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to play best friends with both of us. But yeah, um, yeah, for those who don't know me, I'm Thomas Turley. I'm the head of partnerships here at SearchSpring but was formerly head of partnerships at Nextopia. So I come from the Nextopia side of the uh, coin previous to the merger that we had on February 4th. Um, but yeah, now now you can be friends with both of us openly and and, uh, be ha- and not be held accountable for it by one, either one of us. So yeah, if you catch yourself slipping into calling us Nextopia, we won't hold you hold you to it. <laughs> well, I'm sure I still have some Nextopia socks somewhere. So I'll, yeah. I'll say vintage at some point, but <laughs> for now, but, but I'll try to keep it search spring. Um, how has the, the merger gone? You know, is the dust settled at this point? Yeah. I mean, we picked a great time to merge a company. Uh, <laughs> obviously we didn't see what was coming down the road, but um, the merger has been going well. I mean, while we publicly did it February 4th of this year, I think it's February 4th. Um, there'd been plenty of work ahead of time. Um, for those that don't know, SearchBring had been acquired April, uh, last year, 2019, uh, Nextopia, June or July, 2019. Um, and then there was a, a whole, uh, load of stuff going on in terms of restructuring, uh, mainly the executive, uh, positions, but, um, and the decision to merge had obviously been decided a few months before February 4th. So while the public kind of uh, got to know what had happened February 4th. We'd been working on it in the background marketing teams and uh, getting ready for the, for the PR, boot, um, stuff. We've obviously had to do a lot on the tech in the background to make sure it's ready for the merger. Um, marketing teams doing uh, a rebrand of the, of the search ring side and inevitably, uh, us, uh, us on the partnership side having to prepare and, and get ready to kind of bring people across the search ring program or, or at least talk to the people on the next Tokyo program and inform them of what's going on. So I mean, while February fourth was kind of the date that everyone found out, we've been we've been putting a lot of graft in months before. To be honest with you, if we're being completely honest with you, especially from partnerships and, and biz dev type of side, we were uh, we were over prepared. We were ready to ready to go. We're just like we want to. I expect you to lie to me through, throughout this entire <laughs> podcast. I mean, that's what our friendship is predicated on. Right? Absolutely. But you you I mean, I really I would not have pegged you as a guy that could keep a secret from me. We've been drinking, you know, I know how to how to loosen your tongue. Like you really did a great job of keeping this yeah. one a surprise. Well, I, you know, they had to keep me <laughs> locked in a cage somewhere so I didn't tell anybody for a few weeks. Um 
one of the funnier things was we merged on February the 4th and I think we were doing the dot ski event February 5th and we'd sponsored it as Nextopia. So um, I don't, I think we might've been the first company to have uh, changed the company during a, during an event that we were sponsoring. So that was, uh, that was a fun little extra um, thing to wiggle around for me anyway um, during that time. But yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely tough to, for me not to, to go out and blurt it to the world. You know what I'm like? I like to, uh, I like to chat a lot to all of our partners and, and friends in the industry. So um, that was the hardest part for me. It was definitely well, just well, good. Well, while we're shot. talking about <laughs> secrets and surprises, I mean, uh, you, you merged with a direct competitor. <laughs> what did you learn? Yep. Um, did, did you find out things that surprised you or that, you know, <laughs> were a little unexpected? Yeah. I once mean, you got uh, under the hood? We always, they were always, let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. They're always our number one competitor. They're always our most comparable competitor. Uh, and between uh, SearchBring and Nextopia. And we always thought that we were similar. We didn't realize just how similar we were um, in terms of obviously product and market and what have you. But more in terms of just personality type, structure of the organization in terms of positions. Even if you want to think about it, Nextopia was based in Toronto and, and still is the people that were from there. Um, and SearchBring predominantly is in Colorado and Denver. Um, those two cities have got pretty similar uh, similarities despite being in different countries. So there was um, a lot of similarities that we really were kind of amazed by in terms of company size and, and people inside. Um, and I mean, yeah, even during the initial, initial meeting, some of the older guard, I guess, if you want to call them that, it was almost like a, I don't want to call it a family reunion because that sounds kind of cliche, but uh, there was a lot of trading of stories and and previous meetings at trade shows and, and previous kind of clients that we'd worked with and kind of trading war stories, I guess. Um, so it was it was all positive. We did do in t- in person meetings uh, in in Denver and um, in Toronto, so um, it was very much uh, very much a friendly atmosphere. We'd been friendly foes for a while, um, and now I'm glad you got to do that while you could still get on airplanes and. Uh, and make those kinds of things happen. <laughs> Probably good timing in that yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, how are the products to coming together? I mean, you know, because these are pretty similar in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously different code bases and, and some different approaches to things. But, uh, you know, if I wanted to think about it this way, are Search Spring customers becoming Nextopia customers on the Nextopia platform or vice versa? Um, or is it really a merging of features, you know, together? What's the prognosis long term for the the product itself? Sure, and I mean, I guess this was ma- a major portion of of what we were doing ahead of the official merger announcement. Is uh, there was a bunch of executives brought in, um, obviously the new CEO Peter Masana, but also a big portion was our CTO Will Warren, who has experience previously in search. He's worked within DECA and uh, some other companies as well. Um, and he was really the spearhead of getting the two development teams together, um, getting the two products, looking at the two products and figuring out what exactly we're going to do here. <laughs> um, it's not an enviable task, I must admit. Um, and I mean, we have double the resources now, which is a good thing. Uh, we had a development team for the search bring side and a development team from the Nextopia side that we've merged. Um, and we really looked at what, what is the most scalable option for us moving forward. Now that we have twice the resources, now that we have, um, yeah, all of these people and, and we're aggressively trying to uh, to grow the position. Um, and so we ultimately decided that um, 
the search ring plat platform is is going to be highly scalable for in a position in the future. We're concentrating a lot on the merchandising and personalization side of things, but we're not forgetting Nextopia that still exists. It's still a product. There is, I mean, if we're going to talk end of life, uh, it's a contentious subject depending on which platform you're using. Um, there is no end of life um, for the Nextopia product. We have the customer success team is still very much uh, supporting it. Um, the dev team is very much still maintaining code and, and servers and actually improving it and patching it. Um, so there is no real uh, end of life here. Um, people that were on Nextopia will still remain on Nextopia. Um, and SearchBring will be kind of the one that we're moving forward with in terms of new business. But Now, I, I um, promised people when we opened this episode, we were going to talk about site search and navigation. And I mean, they've heard so much about end of life software from us. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to yeah, add to the whitewash of end of life. No, so no, no, that's, end of life. that's awesome. But, but that, that is, um, I mean, that's, that's commendable because I think, you know, we've all seen uh, mergers and acquisitions in the industry where usually they go best, where clients don't really feel like they're cannon fodder. Um, where they, they can continue to yeah. live on in a healthy way and whether there's rebranding, whether there's additional resources available. Um, again, I, I think it's commendable um, to make yeah. sure that you put customers first and, and, and you I don't mean, make them I jump think, through hoops. Yeah. And yeah, so and I think uh, from the next up your side, oops, sorry, carry on. Yeah. I know, I, I just, I'm wondering, are there any discernible or noticeable changes for the customers <laughs> as of now or, or planned? I guess if they've if they've been on Search Spring, maybe something from the Nextopia stack is going to come in, into play for them and, and become available to them, or vice versa for those that have been historical Nextopia users. Yeah, so I mean, from the Nextopia side, the only real difference you're going to see or notice is that the logo in the top corner now says Nextopia Search Spring Company. That's it. Uh, <laughs> you're still talking with the same customer success reps. You still have the same access to support. And it's the same on search ring side as well. Um, in terms of, yeah, what the future holds and, and if there's any notable differences, I think overwhelmingly the, the feedback's been positive from clients and also partners that ultimately are dealing with this as well. Um, again, like I spoke, spoke right. about earlier, we've effectively doubled our engineering teams. Um, we now have two teams that are able to combine and figure out the roadmap um, and whether that means porting over some of the most popular um, products from the Nextopia platform, um, building out completely new functionality based on the feedback from our customers, from uh, partners. But ultimately, there's not a huge amount of functionality that was necessarily that Nextopia had that Search Spring didn't or vice versa. Um, and really, it enables us to, to put the client first and figure out which is the best fit. Um, there's some clients on Nextopia that will, that, will need, that will want to remain on Nextopia. There may be some that we think are a better fit for search ring. Um, and if they do, we're not by any means going to push them onto that. But if they are a better fit, we are in a position to be able to kind of uh, work with them on that. Um, but really, yeah, it comes down. We've managed to double down on, on customer success, on, on development, on engineering. So um, it's really put us in a position to scale um, and and really build out functionality that is needed by the market itself and, and as it changes. That's part of the benefit of merging together two companies that have long histories and, and success. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some skeletons back there in my closet that, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> about on this particular episode, but in general, uh, you know, that, that's a, an easier way to go that, that these are known quantities 
would you say that the the target audience has stayed the same? Because like you say, that, that these are two companies that were really pretty head on um, in terms of the the audience and um, and you know who you were selling to over the years. Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, even before I sp- I spoke, the companies were very similar in the way they were make made up, but also the way they were founded. Uh, whether it be Gareth, the, the original founder and CEO of of Searchbring, or Sanjay on the on the Nextopia side, they both kind of have very similar origin stories and 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 upbringing, um, and had very similar kind of ways that we're going. I think one of the benefits of working through this merger is it kind of let, allowed us to get out of the weeds a little bit and and kind of really think about what our market is, where it's progressing and, and how we need to adjust, whether it be from a marketing side or a product side to best serve that. Um, obviously, the market's changed. Nextopia uh, and Searchbring are, are, are almost decade or well over a decade old at this point. Um, what was initially their customer when Nextopia or Searchbring both started is not probably the customer right now. This was very much, um, uh, we're in a different kind of world where we're different markets from where we were 10 years ago. Um, and so it's allowed us to really sit back and think, okay, so who, which part of the market do we serve? Who are, who's our user at the end of the day? Because, um, I think when Nextopia and Searchbring first started, it was a lot more of the store owner was also a developer who probably had a custom ASP.net storefront or something similar to that, um, and needed a development tool to kind of basically concentrate on the search side. What we're seeing now with the kind of, um, new market with things like BigCommerce and Shopify and, and more uh, user-friendly platforms is you don't necessarily need the owner to be the marketer, to be the developer, to be everybody else. Um, and our market is really much more marketers and merchandisers. And, and overall, um, we need to adjust the where we're, we're aiming towards uh, serving uh, to make sure it's a much more user-friendly platform, that search is part of the tool belt, um, but that we are able to uh, provide uh, solutions that enable merchandising strategies to be carried out as a whole on on the website, um, and obviously intermingle with with the new platforms that have come along, um, along with yeah your big commerces, your Shopify's compared to what was maybe uh, the case ten years ago with with some other platforms and and custom builds. Um, so it did allow us to kind of really kind of take account of like what's our business, who are we targeting. Um, and we really do fit well in that mid enterprise level, if you want to call it. And that's a, and that's a big change as well. I mean, you have to remember that ten years ago, Nextopia and Searchbring were were basically selling what they could and, and to who they could, and with no no project too small or too big. Um, we're in a great position now where we can be very specific of building out the product and also who we're targeting, um, and make sure that we're really gearing it towards that market rather than just taking anything that comes our way. And it's a growth market. I mean, e-commerce grows every year. There's more players to potentially need services like yours, like ours. I mean, that's, I guess, a net benefit uh, to the industry that we found ourselves in, even right now, in what overall is a down market. um, There's certainly a lot of uh, businesses in e-commerce that are seeing significant growth. So, uh, and in many cases, a, a bigger percentage seeing growth uh, than any, you know, any retraction in, in market share or, uh, or in demand. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Would you, would you say, um, that there are particular strengths that you've been trying to, to retain through this process? Cause I know that that can be challenging that, you know, each team sort of has, has certain ways of doing things, certain systems processes at the same time, there's some, newer combined leadership. And so sometimes that opens up 
floodgates to ideas and to evolution and, and that really, you know, things that you've wanted to do now you finally can. Um, there, there's all these different paths. I know you mentioned that the engineering team is now, you know, combined and, and bigger than ever. Um, are there other facets to, you know, sort of retaining uh, core strengths between the companies? Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, Peter, our new CEO, was very clear from day one. Um, this is two teams coming together. This is not one absorbing the other. This is not um, anything like that. And we've managed to not, we've managed to keep uh, everybody apart from obviously the original CEOs um, at the company. And I think he's been very clear from day one. Um, myself excluded, that people are the main strength of this company uh, from both sides and that people are going to continue to be the one that drive it forward. Um, despite the, uh, the founders leaving, there's still a vast amount of experience um, within the company um, from the next Tokyo side. I mean, he's going to hate me for mentioning his name. Chris Bannister has been doing it for 19 years. I think he's employee number two. Wow. Um, Christian, who's on the development side, is, was, was employee number three, so not long after uh, Chris. I'm from the search ring side. I think our VP of integrations, James, has been doing it for 10 years now. Chantel, uh, the VP of partnerships, has been doing it for nine. So there's a lot, a lot of industry knowledge, a lot of strength, a lot of uh, just good people that, are, that have been uh, been put together here. And it's uh, really a combining of strengths, not a uh, change or deviation. So I think that's been the clear message from day one that the people within the organization are the strength of the organization and, and we're continuing to do that. We are adding people to it rather than taking people away. Well, and if you cover your ears for a second, I'll, I'll just mm -hmm. tell everyone that, you know, you're definitely an asset and uh, <laughs> glad to see that, uh, you know, that, that you've been helping uh, through the, the transition between the companies. But uh, it's okay. I'm not going to give you a chance to argue with me about it. <laughs> so I know that you yeah, will. I guess my, my fishing for compliment worked there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, well, well, let's talk about where, where you're failing, right? Um, you know, are you, are you still catching yourself calling the company Nextopia, even though um, the branding is now really search spring? <laughs> All the time. Um, I'm not going to lie. It, it's, uh, yeah, what do they say about old dogs? They can't learn new tricks. Um, it's still still tough for me to, uh, it's it's usually in emails. I, I catch myself starting with the end and I'm like, nope, 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 delete, 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 search spring, search spring. Um, and I mean, like I said, there's some guys that have been here for 10 plus years. <laughs> um, it's like you have to train so, your dictionary to auto-correct, you know, that Nextopia should be spelled, spelled search spring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just had to uh, add some synonyms in my, uh, in my email. Um, but yeah, I mean, back when we were all allowed in the office together, it was very much a, a fun game of catching people saying it on the phone and, and, and calling them out. But, um, yeah, I mean, we we still are Nextopia. Uh, the this Nextopia still exists, uh, for customers. We still have to talk about it, but yeah, it's. Uh, I always catch myself call, calling yeah. it Nextopia, shortly followed by formally, formally, formally Nextopia. Yeah. <laughs> so, both teams, you know, one you mentioned uh, in in Canada, one in the U.S. Uh, because you've now, you know, your teams had already started to work together remotely um, in from two different countries, let alone you know cities. Did you find that that was helpful to transition? given what's going on that I, I know that for all of us in tech, that transitioning to remote is, you know, relatively easy compared to other industries. But I'm guessing that you probably had a leg up because your teams were now used to working uh, apart from each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helped. Um, has it been frictionless? No. Um, no, it's never going to be. This is unprecedented. Um, and I think there's always going to be things. But I mean, in terms of, in terms of 
context, we've we've had a pretty easy ride of it. Um, Ecom tech is pretty much a stable internet connection and a computer, and you're good to go. Not as simple as that, but in terms of uh, context, it is. Um, I will say that, yeah, having to kind of merge the two remote teams or even three remote teams, if we're being specific, because the ScaleWorks team is in Texas, um, is it, it did help because uh, Nextopia predominantly had all been in the one office in Toronto. Um, and I'd probably come accustomed more than most to just running down the hallway if I needed things. Um, so having that kind of nine month, 12 month period of, of getting ready um, and learning to adapt to this remote work. I mean, Chantal, my VP, is is based in uh, Colorado, so the CEO is based in Texas, so you, you do have to adapt to it. So it did mean it was a lot easier when this did happen for us to go um, go and work remotely um, compared to maybe even what would have happened if it happened last year when we were next to here and we were all one in, in one one organization, one uh, building. Um, but I mean, I imagine it's I also that, it's, pr- it's probably good timing for a, a merger in that sense that now you've got some combined resources, and so with whatever's coming your way right now, good, bad, or otherwise, I, I know that some of the efficiencies that come out of that, and, and just some of the extra tools and, and hands-on deck can really come in handy in situations like these. For sure, yeah, I think uh, during the during the merger, big big uh, focus was on making sure we're all using the same tech stacks, not in terms of search for an extopia but actual tech stacks that we work on. So, I mean, a big shout out goes to Slack, G Suite, Zoom, those type of companies. Um, they they make this uh, a hell of a lot easier than it would have been, let's say, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's um, easy for us to all pick on companies like Zoom that are going through, you know, uh, such tremendous growth right now. And use cases that that they really weren't, um, you know, where everyone's having family get-togethers, uh, you know, throughout the week on on Zoom in ways that weren't happening before, uh, you yeah. know, schools, you know, with without a lot of procedure historically for these things getting into it. But, you know, for folks like us, this is, this is how we survive. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been remote for a couple of years, um, you know. Yeah. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely not a hard transition. I know there's uh, some more traditional companies out there that it, it's been a real tough uh, tough situation to try and move home uh, into a homework uh, space and even having to rush into tech stack choices. I mean, we already had these established, and it's kind of weird to see um, after so many years of using Zoom for business that all of my friends and family are now using it for for kind of pleasure, basically, um, and using it for for keeping uh, in contact with one another. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been pretty easy. I think we're blessed with ecom tech that it really is not too difficult to to work remote. Um, I, and I mean, I think it may this may if you if you want to see silver linings, uh, this may kind of impact how companies are run in a more lean sense uh, in a grand scope of so. moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I I think that we can have some net improvement. Uh, whether it's economically, environmentally, whether it's just, you know, mental health and well-being, uh, you know, for folks that have a long commute, skipping that once in a while, um, even if it's not a constant, you know, even, uh, of course, hopefully we're all looking forward to more meetings. I know you and I are used to seeing each other throughout <laughs> the year at trade shows, uh, grabbing a pint. You know, <laughs> this is a yeah. <laughs> very different experience for us. Uh, but, you know, I, I did promise we were... We were going to get to talk a little bit about, you know, site search and uh, and nav and things that, that the companies do, not just um, some of the operational sides. So, you know, let's let's start off with a transitional question here. If I had to yeah. ask you, you know, what's 
changing in the market? What are you actually seeing um, in terms of merchants out there, what they need, um, you know, your actual customers, um, as well as any changes to deal flow and, uh, and requests from the e-commerce community? What's going on out there in the world? Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely there's some very short term changes and then there's some there's obviously long term changes that were were happening prior to, to the COVID-19 stuff. Um, in terms of the short term stuff, I think there's a lot more appreciation of having to personalize website experience and really uh, working on that CRO side of stuff. Um, I think people have, have now more than ever, now that pretty much everyone's forced to go online or not do anything at all um that you're gonna have to create a really usable experience um for your retailers online um whether it comes from search navigation just generally in terms of user experience um you you really need to stand out from the pack and and i think traditionally that was always um that was a luxury only afforded to the really really big retailers you had to have teams build that stuff out um, and, and you'd have to have a lot of resources to put into it. I think with platforms like Shopify and big commerce out there, um, even Magento, making it a lot e- easier to do so. But in terms of from us on a CRO standpoint, we've noticed that search has obviously become a little commoditized over the last few years. Um, there's plenty of apps out there start like from nothing to thousands of dollars per month. Um, and it can become a little bit of a checkbox item. Um, and really what we've seen is that search, while we're very good at search and search is in our name, um, it's a core, it's a core proponent of a much larger tool belt that affects merchandising, uh, personalization and just being able to be able to provide a tailored experience site wide that matches the business goals, um, as a whole. I think, uh, it's all well and good having a functioning search. Um, and bringing back relevant items. But if it doesn't match what you're trying to do as a business or if it doesn't match what you're doing elsewhere on the site, there, there's inconsistencies there that will ultimately lead to a kind of um, a, a less than ideal customer experience. So I think people are really concentrating on the customer experience as a whole on site. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of transition going on right now. I mean, there's certain industries that are getting a huge boost um, I think most people can can attest that food and drink has been up uh, up on up on the on the rise in terms of um, in terms of what's been getting a lot more traffic and a lot more uh, absolutely focus. people <laughs> want to order that stuff online and and they're stocking up on things and so absolutely um, you know what we're seeing quite a few categories ourselves anything unusual come across uh, your desk. Um, unusual, no, but things I like to see, I guess it's uh, a couple of our customers are, are getting some, some real influx. I mean, DK oldies, there's been a lot of, uh, Nintendo 64 consoles and, and retro gaming as a nerd. Uh, it's nice. kind of cool to see that people are, yeah, people are, are getting a little creative in terms of passing the time there. Um, I think, um, I, uh, I actually moved, uh, moved apartments during this whole pandemic, which by the way, I don't advise, um, <laughs> it, it, it was not, it was not planned and it was not, uh, enjoyable, but. Uh, people like Jamestown distributors are, are selling a lot of paint. I think people, um, those DIY projects and, and those home improvement projects that have been put off for maybe years are now being uh, now being taken under control. I know I've done about six months worth of DIY in this place and I've only been here for about a month. So um, there's definitely trends there um, of beyond the kind of what you'd expect to see in terms of uh, in terms of food and drink and stuff like that. Um, we've also seen, and again, this isn't, 
anything indicative of macro trends. This is just what we're seeing is that uh, pet products have come uh, extremely more popular lately. I think uh, I think there's been a lot of uh, funny stories of, of whether your pet thinks you've been fired because you're at home all the time um, and is, is waiting to get its own time back. But uh, people have been investing in pet products a lot more. I think there's uh, a lot more people now uh, focusing on that as well. So there's been there's been a lot of uh, trends. Again, they can't necessarily be indicative of the macro environment, but um, it's there's been some definitely uh, interesting things happening um, from that perspective. Yeah, I, every you know every, every week I've been surprised by some data point, <laughs> you know, something that you know, and most of the time it's logical. It's not that. I don't stop and say, well, why is that? You know, it's like, oh, I just, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like, you know, if, if I was an investor, I wouldn't have thought that many steps deep. And I'm, I think of myself as a strategist, but <laughs> yeah, that yeah. people were going to be shopping for that item in, in droves. Uh, and, and so taking a step back, when I think of what a team like yours does for a website, I usually um, use analogies that have to do with brick and mortar. And so I talk about things like, hey, look, you know, somebody shows up at, uh, at the retail store um, and they're looking for something in particular. They're you know, going to ask a sales clerk, hey, do you carry X or you know, where can I find it? Sure. And if that person says, no, we don't have it or uh, it's on aisle 12 when it's really on aisle six, well, you, know, you probably just lost a sale, might have lost a long-term shopper that way uh, who won't come back to you because they just you know, don't believe that, that you've got uh, what they need, poor user experience. And similarly, when it comes to things like some of that merchandising, helping people to filter down and figure out, you know, which of these products meets their needs, you know, is, is it going to be, uh, you know, if there's, if they've carry a hundred products in a category, which one is going to be applicable to what, what they're trying to uh, address, what, what they're trying to solve. Um, and, and so getting all that kind of stuff right, um, you know, just like you would try to do for shoppers if they were interacting with a real person in a store and, and just the same way that you want to merchandise in a real store that you put the, the milk in the back of the store. So the shopper has to walk all the way around to the back yeah. and pass some other things. You put the impulse buys up front at the checkout that all this stuff, you know, has involved psychology and testing and things for, for decades. Um, and so I, I like to think of a tech stack like what your team brings to the table as addressing the digital version of that, um, really helping shoppers to sure. find what they're looking for more comprehensively, more effectively. What does that actually look like behind the scenes? Is it, um, is it you know, a few different things that, that really are, are at the heart of the technology that when you spin up a basic e-commerce site just aren't part of that, that, that your team really uh, adds to the stack and, and helps these, uh, these sites to address? What is it that you find sure. is the biggest value prop? Ultimately, what we're trying to do is provide an, an array of tools that really gives the power to the merchandisers and the marketers and the store owners to create that personalized experience to their to their um, to their um, clients when they're coming online, to their customers when they're coming online, uh, much like you would with an in-person store, making sure that you're sh not only that you're providing a great customer experience when people are looking for things, i.e. searching for things, and that you're bringing back relevant items so that when someone's asking for shoes, you don't show them the t-shirts. Um, well, or when so they're searching for brown things. shoes and the manufacturer called them mocha, <laughs> you know, they're searching for, I don't know, teal or, uh, or, or um, turquoise and, and the manufacturer called it aqua. 
Uh, and, and now you've got to get them what they're looking for. Yeah. And I mean, there's, a, there's actually a good article that our CEO just wrote um, with the kind of differences of what really needs to be, have that human touch and what, what you need to have automated. There's a lot of, uh, in the industry now, I think AI is obviously the big term. It was machine learning before that. There's big data if you're going back years and years. And it's quite easy to hide behind, here's an algorithm, let it figure it, figure you out. Well, that's not really the case. Um, what makes each store different is the 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 way that it's been built and the, and the kind of uh, the the culture behind it and, and the way that uh, the people interact on it. So um, while there is certain pieces and algorithms that we put in place that just handle things that should make sense. Like you said, making sure that when you're searching for brown shoes, brown shoes come back. Um, if people misspell things and just generally having like our contextual search um, algorithms that make sure that it, it understands intent and, and understands what you're trying to search for and brings back relevant items while also adding a, an, a layer of machine learning that is helping you push items that are more likely to convert from those searches. There's also what the really kind of focus of the of the of search bring and what differentiates us is we're we're enabling you to take control of the whole merchandise at the store, from homepage to cart page to collection categories and searches, um, and really provide you a suite of user-friendly tools that allow you to take power or or gives you power to basically uh, control that the way that you want to control it, make sure that you're not only bringing the right things to them, but the things that you want to show to your customers. Make sure that you're you're aligning it with the company as a whole and what your business goals are and, and adjust merchandising tactics and, and strategies within the search bring uh, platform. So then it's uh, shown on a wider scale uh, across your site so that you basically have control over that user experience and are providing that tailored personalized um, end product to, to anybody that's on your site. And I think now more than ever is... Uh, we're seeing a lot more people understanding that you need to have a tip that there's no one size fits all um, to approach, especially with everybody coming online. There's a lot more people in the market and you really do need to stand out um, from a CRO standpoint and from a just general customer experience standpoint. And that's really what SearchBring aims to do is it gives you the power to, to have control over all of that um, while also taking care of the stuff that often can be tedious and time consuming, um, whether it be on default platforms or some other platforms as well. Yeah, you know it's interesting. So I, I, I guess it just comes down to conversion rate optimization. That you know, if, again, and if you've got a sizable catalog, um, you know, if you've got, I'd suppose at least hundreds of products, maybe thousands of products, mm -hmm. and you want users to be matched up with the right things, whether it's what they're searching for, or you know, you're just looking at at intent. You're looking at data to say in an automated fashion, what's most likely to generate a sale here today, um, using historical data to, to generate that, um, it's going to be big. So obviously, you know, everyone always wants to have, I would hope, uh, you know, a, a better conversion rate. Um, everyone always wants to generate more sales off the traffic that they have and larger sales, you know, bigger average order volumes, better customer experiences that drive people back to the store. Are you seeing users hold off on adding on a, a product like, like yours right now, a service like yours? Are you seeing um, you know, more people flocking in, looking for solutions to improve their conversion rates right now? Is it pretty much the same uh, mixed bag that, that a lot of us are seeing in the industry? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if there's one word that I'm probably sick of hearing by now, it's the word pivot. I think everybody is using the word pivot to to basically uh, describe what they're trying to do right now. Um, and I think really, I think one thing I'm seeing, and 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 again, everybody may have differing opinions, but I think the main difference right now is there's no middle ground. There's basically one side of the spectrum where people are like, okay, this is our time to just invest in new things and really strategically change what we're doing here and take maybe a little bit of a risk, uh, add new add new things, uh, change the way the business is operating. And then there's also uh, the other side of the spectrum where it's okay, we need to, to have, we need to hold what we have. Um, we may need to get a little leaner in terms of the way we're operating and be more efficient with the way that we're, we're running this organization. And I'm not saying that either is, is better or worse. I think there's just no kind of middle ground right now. I think well, sitting on the when fence. When you're in a, a market that's in turmoil, I, I think that's prudent. That's reasonable that, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone in e-commerce can predict exactly what the landscape will look like in three months or six months. Um, even though, you know, a lot of businesses are up, a lot of, you know, what we do has to do with natural market forces. What's unemployment look like? What, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how confident are, are buyers in the market to go out and spend money um, on things? And there's a, a trickle effect. So, you know, we're not necessarily the first ones to feel it. Um, you know, first, it's it's the end users, the shoppers, what have you. Then uh, the merchants that, that aren't seeing sales and aren't seeing normal patterns. And then things move to us. And I, I think the data... Well, I've been seeing, again, you know, a lot of things that give me a lot of reasons uh, to feel really good about the e-commerce market in general. And yeah. a lot of, you know, the, the averages, the medians, the means, everything looks really, really healthy right now. And projections look pretty good from, from the folks that I talk to. I think there is an amount of that, that, that every company right now, I, regardless of who they are, what they're doing, Google is going to slow down hiring. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that yeah, uh, you know, it, we're all supposed to. An uh-huh. Yeah, you know that there, there are market indicators that, that there's going to be flux, and that you know we all have to do what we're supposed to do um, to yeah to help make sure that that we're you know we're going to be effective. Um, yeah, and I an, think uh, it's unprecedented. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it was CTO of Shopify that mentioned they're basically dealing with Black Friday level levels of traffic every day right now. Yeah. Um, which is, um, anybody we have a lot of customers long? like that right now where, you know, as their web host, you know, it's funny that, you know, we're out there trying to volunteer and help and, uh, you know, through different initiatives, different things, public service announcement, right? <laughs> uh, offline to on.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll add other links to, to the show as I've been doing with, with recent shows, but, um, you know, if you do know a merchant that needs help right now, there are folks in the industry that want to help. Um, and so, you know, we always want, want people to know about resources like that, but on, on the flip side, there are users that are seeing record growth and, you know, on the hosting side, you know, for instance, they they need more load testing and load balancing and scalability and elasticity, and they need to be able to handle whatever's coming their way because they've got products that are in demand and people just keep refreshing the site waiting to see when there's more available or whatever's going on. Um, you know, obviously there are. Uh, there are lots of tech companies right now that, uh, you know, that, that have very particular needs. Um, and e-commerce is, is one of those categories. Uh, so, I, it, you know, it's, it's about meeting in the middle in some ways about how do we, you know, how do we take care of the folks that, that are seeing record growth and every day is, is the best day of the year for them? And, and how do we not leave behind, uh, you know, the folks that are hurting and are, that are just okay. trying to, and especially I think, 
more than anyone, the omni-channel businesses are the businesses that were primarily uh, brick and mortar, that were primarily uh, you know, retail or, or wholesale or distribution or manufacturing or something else that wasn't uh, putting a majority uh, of their business through an e-commerce channel. For sure, yeah. And I think we're finding a lot of that too. It's a lot of the traditional physical retailers are now like, they may have had an e-com store, they had an online presence, but it wasn't really a focus. It's now like, okay, this is uh, this is a drastic change that we're going to have to adapt to and, and how do we keep up? Um, and yeah, we're seeing a lot of kind of, if we want to talk about first time e-com users, well, we're not seeing guys that are coming straight brand new online um, from no sales to, um, to, to sales online. What we are seeing a lot of is people that are traditionally pretty uh, successful retailers from a brick and mortar standpoint now needing to get online quickly. And I think uh, some of the stuff you guys are doing is great for helping with that. Um, in terms of offering advice, I know there's been some uh, some people, I think Karen at uh, Shipper HQ has definitely been uh, very vocal about helping people. Yeah, I, I, you know, in, in comparison, I don't think that we can really take a bow over here. I don't think that's why we're, we're doing anything <laughs> that we're doing anyway. Um, Karen and her team have put a phenomenal resource uh, over at Shipper HQ into offline to on and getting that up and running. Um, there are other initiatives that we, we have other partners and other companies involved with. Uh, one of my coworkers, Tom Pachalski, has put together um, an initiative. Uh, you know, that it's meant to help businesses that are already established and up and running in e-commerce, um, but they're dealing with different challenges. They need to get effective curbside pickup set up. They need to deal with you know with increased site traffic. They, you name it, what, whatever is coming their way. Um, they need a little love, uh, you know, they need to downsize something or, or upsize something. And, you know, we're still running into, uh, see, here it comes magenta one end of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's, it. yeah, well, you know, cause it, the, the playing field, the chessboard, it's in play that, um, mm-hmm. there are pieces moving and things are becoming more real for a lot of people. Um, so it's a conversation that we're having on a daily basis. Um, and we're continuing to bring resources to, to the market to help merchants um, get through that transition of, of Adobe uh, stopping with their uh, release of patches for Magento 1 and everything that, that happens then, whether it's about security or it's about PCI compliance or just about you know having a merchant processor that'll run credit cards for you. Um, yeah. I mean, stress, stress is going to be at an all-time high regardless of what you're doing right now. That's <laughs> um, right. So, I mean, and one end of life is going to be stressful regardless. It's going to be more stressful just because of outside factors. Um, but again, people are, 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 there is a real spirit in the industry, I think, of just getting through it and, and helping one another out. Um, I mean, from our perspective, we've set up uh, an e-com alliance where it's a lot of, there's just no pitching. It's not anybody trying to sell anything. It's just bringing merchants and partners and everyone together on a Slack channel to be able to contribute and offer advice and, and, and suggestions and ask questions. And, and, and sometimes I think- that's most of what people need. It's just routing people to the right resource. It's mm-hmm. getting an answer. You know, I, every day is a different day here, you know, where we get asked about things about GDPR. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, keeping in mind, the businesses are still operating that, you know, just because, uh, you know, commercial airlines aren't taking people on you know on, on tourist trips in the same ways or other things doesn't mean that that all business has stopped or that things aren't aren't flowing um you know, and so we we find that uh you know if we can just help and that's i think a lot of what this podcast is about i mean without trade shows i know folks like you and i are staying <laughs> quite busy uh regardless because there's a need for uh communication for thought leadership for 
for valuable information, not just uh, complete sales pitches, which are lovely, but that's, you know, that's not always what people need. Um, you know, giving people information so they can make informed decisions themselves. Uh, you know, very interesting, you know, uh, and I know that <laughs> we're all getting into more and more Slack channels. It feels like uh, by the day <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that they can be a little bit consuming, but, um, you know, we want to leverage our Rolodexes, I guess, for, for good. I mean, I once in a while I think about for evil, but <laughs> it just, just doesn't wear well with me. <laughs> Yeah, just sit, sit, sit at your desk and uh, figure out who, who you can use for evil. But I mean, yeah, I think uh, one thing I've, I've loved about this industry from day one is I think everybody, regardless of uh, whether they're competitors, whether they're uh, partners, whatever, is uh, everybody's very inclusive and willing to help and offer advice um, and, and share stories of how, how they've uh, done things. So um, Tom, more than most, I think, in, in the industry, I will give him a, a special shout out. I think he'd probably give the the shirt off his back um, to anybody in the industry to help them out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely in a different format than what we're used to. Um, the trade shows has been a big hit from the partnership side. I think uh, we obviously in partnerships rely on the, those human interactions and, and face-to-face. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond distraught that I won't be able to do my, uh, be able to attend the jet rails party in Chicago this year. I've had uh, to go out and buy my own maple syrup. Do you know how long it's been <laughs> since I had to buy maple syrup? I mean, your team always brings it, uh, IRCE or whatever other shows. Like I, you know, you've got me covered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the little yeah, things no, in yeah, life. Okay, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm going to quite be able to. Yeah, I don't think I'm quite going to be able to do a cigar and uh, cigar and rum tastings here on my own. But uh, yeah, your party was definitely one of the highlights every year. So. Well, Tom, uh, I mean, we've our Tom gets a lot of credit for that. Uh, you know, I, I may <laughs> help with the invite list a bit, but um, we have some hardworking folks, you know, right from, from the top of the company down that put a lot of effort into that. And, um, you know, our, our goal with that, I, you know, and it started before I got here, but has always been um, to take time with the people that we work with, whether they're their clients, whether they're partners, whether they're folks that we're just starting relationships with. And to get some real face time with them, because we know, you know, when you're at some convention center and you've got, you know, thousands of people floating around, it's it's hard to slow down and having more meaningful conversation. People are just trying to make it through an expo hall. Um, so sure. setting up an environment where we can do that. And I know we're, you know, it's not that uh, jet rails are, are the first or only <laughs> um, to, to come up with that, uh, that kind of a game plan, but that it's been a healthy way for us to do it. And also knowing that, um, you know, as nice as, as it is to have a booth at various events and not that we don't do that from time to time um, when the world's not upside down. Uh, but there are a limited number of people that come to a trade show hoping to pick a new web host. When they come to an e-commerce trade show, they probably sure. want to learn about, you know, new technology that they can integrate and, and other things, not necessarily to make an infrastructure change. They're more likely to be talking about a new site that they want to build, finding an agency, finding other technology and they'll figure out the they'll come to research the hosting later on once they have some of those other things in order it, um you know so we try to be uh be logical and creative about it i i i know i mean you know n- nobody would assume that for me but <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure i mean uh trade shows i think yeah they're 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 having they were having to get creative anyway because i think the market's changed a lot and there's just a, a lot there's of, so uh, many of them yeah going on but 
Yeah, that was just uh, the, back in the day. It used to be okay. You go to IRC once a year, and that's your big that's your big hall. At least from the Nextopia side, that was a kind of we put all of our all of our um, eggs in one basket there. Anybody that's seen the three three boots and fifty people wearing Teletubby green walking around will know that we uh, we went pretty hard with that show. But it's uh, it's obviously changed, and I think to be honest, it was gearing towards smaller, more intimate shows anyway, more focused um, meet meetups and and of this of that type of stuff um and now we're just doing it virtually i mean it doesn't quite match the the human stuff but um i think people have got very creative with the virtual conferences the virtual hangouts happy hours all sorts of stuff going on um so if there again if you're talking silver linings there's been a hell of a lot of creativity from marketing departments across this industry uh trying to to reallocate resources and, and keep engagement up and not trying to whitewash people with uh with uh, covid stories all the time yeah, you know, so I'm going to pull it back one last time, I hope, back to <laughs> to the main topic um, of site search. Uh, you know, I did have a, a couple sure. of things that I wanted to be sure to ask because I, I know that in the Magento community, uh, you know, Elasticsearch, I mean, with Magento 1, Solar was built into Magento Enterprise Edition, you know, now known sure. as Magento Commerce. And then, you know, Elastic became... Uh, more of the standard and, uh, you know, at, at some point, uh, I'd have to think about exactly when on the calendar, but Magento made uh, in recent versions of Magento 2, uh, Elastic available uh, to open source users as more of a, uh, a default option as well. Um, have you seen any of that um, have an impact in, in how you operate or uh, in, in how the, the market looks at something like search spring um it, sure. is it uh is it competitive or um does it lead more people in your direction in one way or another yeah i mean it's let's be let's call a spade a spade elastic search is a fast improvement on what was on magento one uh, <laughs> i think a lot of people were happy to uh see that that and and search had been a, a problem for magento for years i don't think anyone at magento would hide away from the fact that uh they relied on third parties to help uh merchants with that um, and it's a great platform, Elasticsearch. I'm, I mean, it's very, while it's a search platform and, and Search Ring is obviously providing search as well, it's, it's, it's very much chalk and cheese and they both have their use cases and it really depends on what's the best fit. I think they're a great company. They're infinitely scalable um, and customizable. It just really comes down to what you want to concentrate on and what's important to you as a merchant. Um, Elastic is essentially an open source platform. It's not essentially an open source platform. It is an open source platform, um, but it's it's it essentially allows you to build the search experience that you want um, and customize the search that you want to do on site. Um, whereas SearchBring or it, it, SearchBring is a little different in the fact that it has a lot of the stuff that's built out already in terms of relevancy algorithms um, and intel what we call IntelliSuggest in terms of being able to to promote high high converting items um, and adding contextual search layers and things like that. Um, and it really comes down to what you want to be concentrating on. I think often, depending on how much resource you have um, at your company, Elast Elasticsearch can be take up all of your time and all of your resources. And it really depends on whether you want to be a search expert selling X product online or whether you want to be the X product online expert that has a search tool. Um, so and again, I, I think I'll equate it to what we do, you know, that uh, we know folks can go, anybody can go and spin up an AWS account and 
you know, try to throw their Magento site in there. But uh, when it comes to maintaining it, monitoring it, uh, you know, managing it, securing it, optimizing it, um, you know, the, the whole nine yards of what we do, very hard for, for someone else to be able to bring the same kind of value at the same kind of cost that we're able to. Um, you know, in many cases, they're just not going to get the results that they're looking for um, out of their own resource. Or if they do, it's going to come at a much higher price. So, sure. you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to draw a logical line between, <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, between that, the two. Yeah, that's really the case. And I mean, there, there's benefits to both, obviously. And, and um, there's, there's a control there and, and you can build out pretty much what you want there, but it really comes down to, do you want to be the elastic search expert or do you want to pay someone that is an elastic search expert to keep this maintained? Cause it, it, it does need to be maintained or do you want to be concentrating on your business more, more as a whole um, and allow us to be the experts in search. But again, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we feel that uh, search bring, and again, the, the name doesn't help necessarily, but the ser- search bring is search is part of a larger, a broader suite of tools that allows merchants to have power over the full merchandising capabilities of their store um, and, and offer business logic and be able to bring business logic to the store and, and concentrate really on that user experience rather than just getting really into the weeds on what search is doing yeah. and whether it's own conversion spring.com. I think I'm going to buy it. And <laughs> since you guys are rebranding anyway, maybe I'm, I'm going to sell it to you for, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, search is obviously a core component and we do it very well. Um, and a lot of it's done just it makes sense and it works. Um, but really where we're, we're focusing is, is taking search as the core component and building out um, and, and being able to offer you a more robust suite that allows you to basically uh, provide um, search and merchandising and, and just general uh, user experience um, logic, provide logic uh, to your store site-wide. Um, and search is a key part of that. It obviously converts very highly, um, but there's a lot more to it than uh than search and i think that's really the key differentiator is is really where you want to allocate resources um and what you what you're trying to do with the site uh, conversionspring.com is taken Shoot. <laughs> i almost had it <laughs> uh maybe we got maybe we ate maybe we got that one up uh a little bit maybe i didn't check the who is yet <laughs> um so uh staying on track uh in, in terms of site search and navigation and conversion optimization and, and things that um, that a platform like yours brings to the table, if you're an end user and you're not ready to have a conversation with with a sales team, I mean, sure. obviously, you know, your team, I'm sure, just like ours, is happy to offer a free consult and take a look at some data and, and provide some feedback and make some suggestions and recommendations that, you know, people can do as, as they see fit with, you know, we, we look at site speed and security and loads testing and all sorts of things that we can do. Um, I'm guessing that your team will, will put a site through the ringer, but if they're not up to that point yet and they want to take a little bit of a look at their site in order to at least get a feel for, you know, at, at a cursory level, are they getting an A or are they getting an F in, uh, in their overall navigation, what would you um, suggest that they take a look at? Are, are there a few things um, that are usually easy to get at? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously, if you're a search ring client, we have a, an array of in-depth uh, reporting tools that give you a lot of uh, information. But there is stuff that you can still um, look at if you're looking at, well, 
how important is this to my store and and, and what, what am I scoring? Like you said, um, one is a pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people don't have it turned on and don't look at it is uh, GA uh, e-commerce tracking is turned on. Um, and it should be able to provide you uh, information on on how many searches are coming through compared to non-searches and how that's converting. What we traditionally will find is that a smaller portion of people will be using the search bar, but they convert at a far higher rate. It's just it, um, from a logical standpoint, people that are searching for something usually already have the intent to buy. Um, and so you really want to make sure um, that the search is working that way. And that's why it converts so highly. Um, but beyond that, I think really you want to look at X number of uh, search terms, whether it's your top 10 search terms, top 20 search terms, top 100 search terms. And from a quantitative side, are those results relevant? Are those um, results converting? And you can look at all of this through GA. But then also, again, everybody is, or the end users are usually the experts in their industry. And you want to kind of put a qualitative thing over the top of it as well. Um, and be are, are these results? Do these results make sense from my standpoint? Like, do, if I search for red shoes because it's a top ten search term, do the red shoes that appear make sense as suggestions for me? Not only are they red and are they shoes, but are they are they items that we would offer in a, in um, if someone asked us suggestions um, in person? And are these going to make sense from our business standpoint? Um, and so there, there's a lot you can look at. Um, and then I guess you also need to look at um, a more kind of wide uh, look at how much resource am I allocating here? How much time am I spending ed editing databases, adding synonym rules, redirecting search terms to category pages um, instead of actually concentrating on my business as a whole? And maybe that is an indicator that, okay, now I'm in a position where I need to look at a more uh, more robust solution that can can kind of take that uh, take that power away or take that power of search and, and, and work with it. And, and maybe if I'm spending a lot of time having to make manual adjustments to my databases, to my product information, to synonyms, then it's time to look at uh, look at something like SearchBring just because of a pure um, resource allocation standpoint. But also obviously if, if your search queries are high and, and they're not converting too well, maybe you wanna uh, look into kind of deeper why, why they're doing so. Yeah, you know, you started talking about Google Analytics and I remembered having written an article for your team. I just, you know, Googled and, and found, I, I wrote an article. We're coming up on the five-year anniversary, <laughs> 2015, um, the, on the Nextopia blog, on uh, analyzing Magento site search data uh, through the Magento admin. I've, I've, I'm sure there's probably another one of those out there somewhere, <laughs> you know, <For> sure. <laughs> Google Analytics. So yeah, uh, I, I guess that, you know, in, in that sense, uh, you know, the, the data always tells the story. Um, and you know, it's it's interesting that you. I've always found that in a site that's got an effective site search, you're going to see the conversion rate um, when people use the site search box go way up because they know what they're looking for, they're searching for it, they're finding it, and they're buying it. Um, versus people that didn't search and might not have been as decisive about what they needed. And if it's not working that way, usually. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's one of the fastest tip-offs that, that something is going wrong. Something is not quite uh, meeting the, the need or the expectation. Um, you know, so I, I'll say I mean, this has been a really interesting dive down <laughs> a few different avenues with you today. Um, yep. You know, pandemics and mergers <laughs> and 
um, just, yeah. you know, e-commerce best practices, anything new on, on the horizon before we wrap it up? Any, anything coming down the pike uh, that, that you can give us any sneak peeks at or, or you know? <laughs> any yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely not, um, we're not stopping or slowing down in terms of, of um, what we're trying to do just because of what's happening uh, now. Um, like I said, I think a major, major focus of us right now that we've kind of gone through the initial stage of the merger and announcing it and, and doing all the cleanup that comes with it is we're really doubling down on, on the product um, itself. There's a lot on the roadmap. Um, the Will and his team are very clear and, uh, and transparent about what's down there. Uh, on the roadmap. So, I mean, from now till 2022, I think they have a roadmap built out. Um, that's obviously um, could change based on, on market trends and what have you. But I think some of the big things we're looking at right now is being able to offer more segmented mar- merchandising. Um, A-B testing, I know, has been a big uh, discussion point through the bet cycles. Um, and then really focusing on that one-to-one personalization um, and making sure that you can offer even more tailored experiences on a user-by-user uh, perspective. Um, and there's plenty more down the line. Um, if people ever want to know, we're pretty open about it. It's usually available. Um, but that's really what we're doing is we're doubling down on, on the products and we're doubling down on the customer success as well. Um, and working with our clients to really enhance what they're doing. Um, I think that's a major differentiator. It's often weird for a tech company to say that a big differentiator is the people, but, um, we, I, I think more of us should be saying it because, you know, <laughs> it's absolutely the secret sauce to any of these companies that as much as we're known for things that uh, don't involve people, uh, at least visibly, it's all, <laughs> you know, the people aspect is what's allowing, you know, tech companies to to grow and thrive and meet expectations and, and have great customer service and support and without those sorts of things. There's nothing, um, you know, and, yeah. and that's probably one of the number one sources of new business for, for JetRails. It's folks that have outgrown uh, a less managed post, you know, somewhere where they couldn't get what they needed or uh, effectively or without pulling out too much of their hair. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's a bit that's a big thing for us, too. I mean, you're not just getting the search ring platform. You're getting a customer success team manager that has, has got experience with vast array of clients and, and of search. You've got integrators that have been doing this 10 plus years you've got partner people that have been doing it for multiple years as well so you're also getting uh, a team of people to your disposal um to help, help ultimately you'll have the same goal of trying to help, help you succeed and and and, um, and build your business to another level yeah so i really appreciate all of your time today um as all of our chats are this was fantastic <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll ask what you were drinking once we, <laughs> once we could nah. uh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're drinking already. I don't have to ask. Um, any, um, a- any, uh, final words or, or parting thoughts, uh, before we, we wrap it for the day? No, I think it's been great. I know that we've been trying to do this for a long time. I've known you and, and Tom and the team for three or four years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, while we don't get to spend usually this time of year, I expect to see a lot of you at a trade show. Now I get to see a lot of you on a, uh, on a zoom call. So, uh, we always find a way this time of year, I guess, but uh, it's absolutely. been, it's been great to be on and, uh, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Awesome. Well, for our listeners, um, thank you as always for tuning in. Feel free to rate us, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or, or watch the videos. Uh, we we're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, 
um, at JetRails. Uh, we uh, are available on social media, on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, where you can let us know what you think and uh, make suggestions, uh, or, you know, put in special requests. We'd love to hear from you regardless of, uh, of how we can help or, or what your thoughts are. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, I, I wish you, you know, health and safety with, you know, what's going on out there and uh, very happy selling. Thanks all.